Hello, amazing humans, and welcome back to another episode of the Make a Dent podcast, where we interview people who are making a dent in the world around them. I am your host, Sierra McCleave, and on today's episode, we hear wisdom and just some juicy killer insights from the amazing Tammy Stagel. She's the founder of the original, the OG cookie shop, Ruby Snap Cookies. I am telling you right now, if you are in Salt Lake ever, go check out Ruby Snap Cookies for the experience of your lifetime. You have never experienced a cookie shop quite like this, and she is the OG. Check it out. Tammy boldly left her career as an architectural designer in 2008 to start her very own cookie business, Ruby Snap Cookies. They just had their 15-year anniversary. Congratulations, Ruby Snap and Tammy and her crew. Now, after a significant amount of hard work, grit, determination, Ruby Snap Cookies are now shipped nationwide and can be found in major grocery stores all across Utah, including Harmon's, Lee's, and Whole Foods, to name a few, not to mention their OG flagship location in downtown Salt Lake. It is absolutely beautiful. Tammy is insanely talented and driven. And on this episode, we discuss tools and tips that have helped her become who she is and get her where she is today. Actionable stuff that you guys can go do too. We discuss how she grew up internationally and how that weaves its way into everything that she does. You guys will hear how very authentic and motivating Tammy is when she speaks and she does it very effortlessly, I might add. We really get into what made her that way and what helped her choose to see life as a gift despite some extremely difficult and challenging circumstances. We discuss her very exciting new project, the motivation behind it. I cannot wait for you guys to hear about it. It is incredible. And we also discuss if someone is not motivated and feeling stuck, what they can do to actually make a big difference. There's a ton of value in this episode and Tammy is just truly one of my favorite humans. I cannot wait to share this episode with all of you. As usual, I want to hear from you. So please let me know what you think of this episode and any other episode on our socials at at Make a Dent Podcast. Without further ado, please enjoy my discussion with the amazing Tammy Stagel. Tammy, welcome to the Make a Dent Podcast. Thank you for having me here. I'm so happy we could get together. And I just, so... We've been talking for a while, like the last 40 minutes as I've been setting up <laughs> and I wanted to press record so many times because I think we just naturally kind of slip into a rhythm and yeah. catch up and see what we're, what's going on. And um, I told Tammy, I needed to press record before this next part because I told her I had a business idea that involved her. And I said, I would do anything with you. Before I even said anything, you guys, <laughs> my heart, I'm so excited. I trust you. So this is why, so... You were talking about how you have a speaking engagement coming up and yeah. how you kind of like to just go with your gut. Yep. And uh, it's evident anytime you, I listen to you and having known you, I have a little bit more background, but you definitely follow your heart. And this is what I was saying. I was doing research, um, getting ready for this podcast. And so I was listening to as many podcasts as I could find with you and them. Oh, wow. And some interviews and stuff. And there, guys, listen. Go look up Tammy Stagel, search and listen to anything because you have so many amazing one-liners. This is my business idea. This is my business idea. <laughs> A book of one-liners. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wisdom by Tammy. I don't know what the title will be. You'll come up with something way better. But it's just like there are just like like amazing nugget after nugget after nugget anytime I hear you speak. Can I just read a couple of them? Oh, yeah. Let down. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... I couldn't even type fast enough because I was like listening on like two times speed and they were just one after another. You said small businesses give cities their soul. Yes, I believe I, that. I want to dive into that one. I hope we're going to circle back to that one. Uh, you like to take comfort zone vacations. Yep. <laughs> there is, uh, you have a pure love of learning. There are a lot of things that you, that are kind of, it, it seems to me like your mottos or core values that you'll reference a lot. And I think, I mean, I kind of know why. I think it's good to go back to those things as you're making decisions and as you're trying to build your brand or do whatever you're doing, right? So it makes sense to me that you're referenced back to those. So you reference those a lot. You said, as a promise to yourself, you did something that you love until you don't love it anymore. Yep. This is scraping the surface, guys. <laughs> there were, there were, honestly, I listened to one. It was like 34 minutes long and, and it was one after another. I think it was the podcast you did with the folks that are there, uh, have some type of relationship with like Silicon Slopes. Uh -huh. 
It was a gentleman and a lady. I don't know their names. I don't memorize, but it was amazing. It was 34 minutes. I'm just one after another, after another. She's like, I tell myself this, I do this. You guys go listen. So that's my idea is, uh, we release a book. It'll be Will your you book. help me? It'll be your book. <laughs> I don't even need a credit. I just want to see it happen. And I want to like put on my coffee table. <laughs> Sweet. Oh my gosh. So you guys heard in the intro, Tammy is an entrepreneur, a creator, an artist, building her cookie empire and lately you have been focusing on it seems to me you can you can let us know well just tell us lately what have you been focusing on and what's been uh, just on your mind what have you been working on lately well I uh, love creativity and I feel like without creativity I'm not me it is the heart of me it's the core of me it's this the soul of me without creativity I don't exist. <laughs> mm. I don't exist happily. And I think my my main A number one life motto is to live happy. Mm. There's no reason not to. You should always be like pursuing the endeavors of happiness. And yeah, there's going to be hiccups and speed bumps along the way, but um, there's no reason you shouldn't. And I think sometimes as individuals, we think we're not worthy of happiness. We think that life has to be tough, you know, but it doesn't. I mean, it will be tough because life isn't fair. It's going to be tough. So why not pursue happiness along the, the challenge journey? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and um, so I just found that I was feeling a little bit stale and not having enough opportunities for creativity in my life. And that was really beginning to bother me. And I think one of the reasons I was feeling stale was because everybody loves the Ruby Snap cookies so much that if I try to take something away, inevitably somebody's going to whine and complain like, no, 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 please. That's my favorite. And I'm such a sucker for like, okay, I'll, I'll leave it here. But then it doesn't give me any opportunities to create. And so I started a food page, soon-to-be blog, mm-hmm. called Bite Me Industries, which is an ode to when oh, we were cool. sued. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, loved, I loved hearing that in one of them. We're, we're like, it, it's kind of like, it, it was your little, it was, yeah. I, I, I want to say your little jab, but you don't really jab. No, I don't. Uh, but it, it, it's it's an ode to the, the lawsuit times, and yep. I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> Yeah. And so I just thought, you know, that's really cool because then you can create anything you want. It's not like, mm-hmm. it's not so niched down that I only do, you know, vegan, gluten free or something. Because right. sometimes people niche down so hard that you can't go outside of that niche. And that, I mean, niching down is really worthy. Mm-hmm. But um, I love all kinds of food. I'm not limited to sweets or baking. I love mm-hmm. cooking. I love vegetables. And I really, really, really am in just infatuated with all things seasonal. Mm-hmm. So I spent the last year just hardcore studying everything that is locally in season and because seasons are different obviously around the world Mm -hmm. based on where your climate is but just cooking in season and teaching people how to cook in season and demystifying things that feel daunting Mm -hmm. and doing one minute tutorials on bite me industries on instagram and it's been really really fun it's almost like a sickness because i'm just I, I work all day at Ruby Snap and I go home and I work all night on Bite Me Industries and I have no regrets. Like I like work to the bone, but it's because if you love what you do, it's not really it's not work. work. You're just mm-hmm. doing what you love constantly, all the time, nonstop. I, I love that. Ooh, man, there's so much I want to dive into with that because I really don't think in my experience and my soul searching, which we talked about before uh-huh. I hit record yeah. <clears throat> over the last several months. It seems to me that uh, unless you are intentional, people have a really hard time finding that happiness mm-hmm. and that those things that you can stay up until 2 a.m. Yeah. doing right. back, back to back that actually fuel your fire and right. not detract and not right. deplete you. And they're hard. They're not easy. Uh-huh. Like happiness doesn't mean easiness. It just means that you're doing something that fulfills you that like touches the core of your soul that it that emulates everything that you are and I think it's really important as individuals that we find that place 
of who we are and that we're honest with ourselves and that we don't cheat ourselves out of opportunity. And a lot of people cheat themselves out of opportunity just for fear of trying. Like, yeah. try. Who cares if you fail? Yes. Just try it. And then you'll find, you'll discover who you are along the way. Mm-hmm. I think it's so insanely important. And for me, part of my truth and and figuring some of this out, which I have a question to you about, is uh, I wrapped up so much of myself and my self-worth and my happiness in what I was doing by running a particular business. Mm-hmm. I had so much of my self-worth wrapped up in that, that when I chose to stop that, which has been uh, four months for everything and a year for like mm-hmm. a year and a half for my retail, right. I didn't know what value I could bring. And that is a scary place to be. Mm-hmm. And so to piggyback or just to kind of to lead into what you were saying. Um, so I've been doing some some deep diving into that and really figuring out what makes me happy, what makes me tick, what are the elements of it? Because it's not just this thing. And that could be something for anyone. I think it's probably common that people do that with what they do every day is right. like, this is who I am. Right. And if I don't do this, then... Well, we all wear costumes, right? Mm -hmm. Some of us are farmers and some of us are ranchers and some of us are bakers, you know? So when we change the costume, it's like, uh, how do I wear this costume, you know? And so I think that you should always be in constant check of what, who you are and what your priorities are so that you don't find yourself... I don't know, in a scary place. I've even been doing my own soul, soul searching this last year. 2022 was probably the hardest year of the 15 years of Ruby wow, Snap we've really? ever had. Okay. And um, so I took an intentional break from Ruby Snap, and I have an amazing management team who said, yes, you deserve a break. You, you've given 15 years of your dedication. Yes. And... Um, I it was going to be the first three months of 2023, but after two weeks, I was like, "Okay, I'm ready to rock." So, <laughs> so your break was two weeks. Was that it, or did you take more break in 2022 as well? Uh, no, well, it, it was about two weeks, and then um, <laughs> that is very that sounds right on par with you. Like, <laughs> but I just needed um, rejuvenation. I needed to like turn inwardly and start focusing on myself. And um, I had become such a workaholic that I forgot to like take care of myself physically. So I took a big pause to make sure that I was fitting in workouts every day for that mental health, you know, and just that clarity. And boy, I'm telling you after two, three weeks, I'm, it's like I'm me again, you know? I love that. I'm so glad. My question is, I have two and, uh, if I get too many questions back to back, you stop me and tell me to okay. chill because I get excited and then I ask three and you're like, wait, what was the second one? Two questions about this. When did you first start being able to do that self-check and how did you develop those skills? Because in all my knowing of you, you've been very or seemed very, very sure of what's important to you. Mm-hmm. Your core values yeah. well aligns with you and your spirit and your right. soul. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering... When did you really figure that out and how? Like, did you have guidance? Did you have mentors? Did you have a coach? Uh, is it something that came intuitively to oh. you? Did it come from your parents? How, how were you able to self-check that? And then I think, have that compass. Uh, I, I grew up in Saudi Arabia when I was a young girl, and I had to go away to school when I was 15. So from 15 on, I was basically separated from my family. And I had to discover who I was then. And I was kind of a shy girl who'd lived on an airplane internationally. And I had to figure out how to assert myself to get to know people so I would have friends. (laughs) Mm. And I also had to fill the void, that sense of emptiness and loneliness and, and learn to be content with myself and learn to find my own happiness. And I think that it set the tone for the rest of my life that, you know what, I, I am responsible for me. Nobody else is responsible for the way that I feel, for the way that I respond. You know, we're all responsible to the way that we respond to society, to circumstance. And if you, if you 
live a victim, you'll be a victim. If you say, I choose not to be a victim of hard things, I choose to, I desire more to be happy than I desire to be a victim of something. And I think it really formulated who I became. And and I've always had to work on it constantly my whole life. And I also granted myself permission to change careers when I no longer felt fulfilled. So I'm kind of revealing my age here. But in the 80s, I did public and municipal finance in Denver, Colorado. And then I dropped out, went to college, became an architectural designer. I did that until I didn't love it anymore. And then I became a baker. And I, I, I think I found my purpose, which is connecting with people and cultures through food. And I think that that will never go away. But I just, I, I love people. I'm a total, total lover. And my core values are based around high-quality relationships and suspending judgment wherever I am because I, I really do love all people. And sometimes it's hard to get people to understand that about me. (laughs) You know, I think because society at large, we're just so willing to just be like critical and like jump down each other's throats. And I um, have a motto whenever somebody gives me a personal attack in my socials, I kill them with kindness. And we have a poster over at Ruby Snap in the hallway that says, kill them with kindness. Like there is never a good reason not to be kind. So. So you guys, we got three, like three models (laughs) just barely in that that are all just bangers it's so true I did not know that you I knew that you grew up internationally that you traveled a lot Mm -hmm. I didn't know that you went away to school so where did you go to school at 15 um well I moved 21 times by the time I was 18 I wrote it in my journal oh my (laughs) and one day I just happened to count it and but I I originally moved back to Arizona where I was born and then Uh, I came to Utah and kind of got bumped around a lot in Utah with different acquaintances and people that had moved here from Saudi Arabia. And until finally I, I moved, my parents moved back to the U.S. for a short time. And so I moved to Colorado to be near them. And then eventually I came back to Utah for college. But I just kind of bumped around so much, like... I, I probably was in like three or four different junior highs, you know, wow. two or three high schools, you know. Yeah. And so it's all of those things created who I became. Yeah. So how long how long did it take you to get to that perspective? Because if I'm thinking about me at 15, if I would have had to do that, um that would have been a struggle for me for a while, I think, but you have such a positive outlook on it and like hindsight, right? We, we can see things and we choose to see things a certain way and to pull the good out of things. But in the moment, was that as hard for you as it sounds? And how long, how long did it take you to kind of have maybe some like gratitude and a positive look towards that? Uh, I, I think, yeah, there was a lot of anger that came with it, but I was fortunately surrounded by good friends and good examples and good mentors and good people. And also people were interested in me because I was the girl from Saudi Arabia. So um, I think that there's times when you put on your cheerleader face and you let everybody just think that you're like happy, good and amazing. Right. (laughs) And, and then it's sort of like the fake it till you make it concept. And I mean, I, I don't really believe in that, but I, I just had to do a paradigm shift where I said, you know, I don't want to canker up my soul being angry or hurt. So I'm changing it. Mm -hmm. And I, it's a constant thing that I work on all the time. So it's just been a growth thing throughout my whole life because we all find ourselves in that place of despair where we are like okay you know pull up your bootstraps put on your big curl pants and like get after it like Mm -hmm. you don't want to live this way so I I'm just always working on it and I think 
my this morning even in the shower I was like okay my motto for 2023 because every year we have a motto as a company Mm -hmm. and the motto this year is change Mm -hmm. and you'll see a lot of change people are going to be sad because I am going to like archive cookies and bring in new things just because I'm ready to rock and roll and shake Mm -hmm. things up and wake people up and and you know, let them continue to see the greatness that Ruby Snap is through like fresh cookies, unique flavor combinations. And yeah, I'm so excited for you. For those who are just listening and not checking the YouTube, you can see Tammy light up her eyes light up when she's talking about that. And when she's talking about shaking things up. And that's how I know it's it's really true to your soul. And and what and what I thought of in that moment is, uh, I think it was Steve Jobs who said something like, "Our customers don't know what we want till they till we show them." Right. That's what I see you doing. <laughs> yeah. Because if if people, that's what I anticipate will happen. Because even if people throw a fit, right. I really think you know you're at the helm and you can see further than the people who are enjoying the cookies. Can I don't mean anything bad about your customers, but I'm saying the innovation has to be there and it's there with you. And I'm so excited to see what happens. I have one other quick question on the topic before then I want to dive into bite me industries and what is also keeping you up till (laughs) 2am because I know that Ruby snap does and you've done an incredible job there but I'm trying to for the listeners and for myself pull out a moment or a a was there a moment where when you when you decided to you said not let that canker your soul was it a decision that you made? Was it listening? Was it reading some books that, that changed your perspective? Was it listening to people you admired? Was it just something inside you? And, and was there like a moment that you can kind of distinguish where you kind of like flipped that switch and started being like, I, I have to frame this in a way and, and get good out of this because well, otherwise I'm going to stay angry? I was, I mean, there are a few key turning points in my life being a 15-year-old was one of them, but I started Ruby Snap in 2008, and I was just ready to hit this dream hard. And I I don't care about obstacles because I feel like I have vision to see the way things can be. Like, that's, that's almost a character flaw I have because <laughs> I can always see the way things can be, and but it, it suits me well. I started Ruby Snap, then we had a lawsuit from a company I cannot name publicly. I think I can, but I won't. (laughs) Took away our trademark that we owned, and I had cashed out all of my savings to start a company. And it, I didn't fight them. I just let them have the trademark because I wanted to be a great baker. And, uh, but it cost me about $50,000 to amenably hand over my trademark and then start over completely over. And so I was really sad about that. But I said to myself, look, Tammy, you can't take this personal. You have to be a smart businesswoman and do make smart business decisions. It's not about you. It's about pressing forward and not letting somebody else take away your dreams. So that, and then immediately after that, I found myself in a divorce that I had not planned and and I felt a little bit devastated <laughs> and then I then shortly after my divorce was final I I got my first mammogram and found a lump in my breast and I was like what the heck you know and I I was like you know what I I will press forward I'm going to proceed as if everything's all right so that my caution doesn't cut into my potential mm. you know and I'm just going to just I deserve to be happy and I'm going to be happy and (laughs) nobody's going to stop me. And I think that that was definitely a key foundation turning point where I said, this will always be my pursuit. I will always choose not to be a victim of something or circumstance. And my, my dad was a Marine and he said, look, life isn't fair. You just have to figure out a solution and keep on trucking. And, and I remember calling up my dad and saying, thank you. I didn't really appreciate you growing up, but now I'm really super grateful that you made me tough mm. and gave you some of that gumption. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I didn't know a lot of that and that those lessons, I can see how they 
sculpted you and turned you into who you are today. And you're just a, such a bright light for so many. And it just like, you can, you guys can see those on the YouTube video you, in, in a room. You can, you can probably hear it in her voice. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think about, you know, if someone's stuck in that victim mentality, other than telling them just to decide, it, it is a decision 100% to just flip that switch and be like, I will know more blame everyone else for my problems. It's not helpful. What one other tip, and we'll dive into Bite Me Industries and what you're doing with food and and kind of some goals there. Um, What one or two other things would you tell someone if they are, if they find themselves, they're listening to this and they say, man, I I do that a lot. Like I'm kind of blame other people or I'm victim mindset and I don't want to be that way anymore. Or I've had Mm -hmm. ABC horrible things happen to me, trauma. Mm -hmm. How do I what would you say to them to kind of help them on that path of flipping that switch and, and really pulling up your bootstraps and, and trying to, uh, I guess, take a hold of your destiny? Yeah, you you have to decide for yourself. It's always up to you. It's never up to somebody else. Nobody will come in on a horse and be your hero. You have to be your own hero. And I think that you have to look at your own spirituality, and that's different for every single person. But, you know, that that could be yoga for some people. Whatever that thing is, you have to make sure that you're comfortable with yourself and your own spirituality. You also have to make sure that you're um, taking care of your mental health. And I find that that comes for me through exercise. Like exercise is like the great healer. And if you, if, if you can keep those two things in your life and decide, I'm going to make a small baby step every single day. So what I did when at times when I've been in my darkest place, I I have kept a gratitude journal where I just wrote down the simplest success of the day until it grew and grew and grew. And it just became a habitual habit to always spin things to the positive inside of my head. And it, you, you can do it. And it's just a matter if you want to like happiness is up to you. Yes. Oh man, so many nuggets in there. Do you want to hear a couple of my, I'll call them mottos. Yeah. Lately okay. that, that relate to that. One's a little intense, maybe, <laughs> but it, it's related to what you said. My One of them lately that I've been telling myself to snap myself out of some of the hard harder times is no one's coming to save you. Yeah. That might work for some people, might not for others, mm-hmm. but that's one that's, that's, been that way and then um let me think about what the other one was the thing is is when you improve yourself you're inevitably automatically improving the world around you and when you improve yourself you find that things just go a little smoother like you find that and it almost feels like wow why is everything just going my way it's because you're working on yourself like you have to work it's like the oxygen mask on the airplane you have to take care of yourself first and then you can take care of other things mm-hmm. one one that i found too uh related to exercise and to taking care of yourself is that i've been saying over and over is movement is life so if i if i got really down or, or stuck i will be like when was the last time i went outside right and yeah. moved my body yep. just walked for four minutes yeah and that has pulled me out of a lot to just that fresh air and yeah. moving your body yep vitamin d sunshine get outside appreciate the world around you like definitely step outside that that <laughs> gratitude journal i think the gratitude journal and and movement is probably the two most like palatable like things people could do you today can do it yeah to make the biggest difference i did a mm-hmm. gratitude journal probably about nine months ago, but I did it in a way where I was grateful for things that had not happened, but that I wanted to, but I spoke it into present. I spoke it present. I'm grateful for all the amazing people that I'll meet today. I'm grateful for the, at the time I was really stressed about money. So I was like, I'm grateful for the income opportunities that I'll Mm -hmm. get today. I got really specific and it was, my mindset was elevated. The things, the opportunities that came to me, I wrote them down Yeah, that weren't happening three weeks ago, or I just wasn't able to see them. Sometimes you can be grateful for your mistakes and failures because they put you on the path you were meant to be on. Well, that's one thing I noticed as I'm, as I'm listening to your podcast and, and that I just admire so much about you. And a lot of people on my podcast, this is a common thread is the ability to see the gratitude, to see the positive 
gratitude's a better word to be grateful for whatever happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. The lawsuit that happened. Right. The having to move 21 times before you were 18 or in between 15 and 18, that is insane. Being away from your family, uh, gratitude. I think once you do that, I love what you said about starting that practice, like mm-hmm. meditation, it's a mm-hmm. gratitude practice will start changing your thoughts and you're going right. to start to be able to see the positive so that when your mixer breaks on Thanksgiving Eve at midnight, <laughs> you can be like, you can yeah. bounce back quicker. Yep. That's a, that's a yep. real life example that happened to me. I'm sure right. you have several. So one thing that I had asked you to think about that I thought would be kind of a fun way to to make this podcast just a little bit different is I asked Tammy what has been on her mind and soul just what's been on her heart lately that she's wanted to talk about. And, uh, is it okay if I read what you yeah, sure. sent me? Absolutely. I'll read part of it. Then you can just take it away. You just I'll read it. it all. All right. So she sent me teaching how to cook. So we don't lose the art and joy of food, making it simple and appealing for others to have courage and desire. So they don't find it daunting to be in the kitchen, a Renaissance revolution in bringing back, home cooked food. Yeah. Do you guys see what I mean? That could be in the book. <laughs> the whole thing and she sent it to me in like 2 seconds after I asked her. I love that. Did I I don't think I ever talked to you about this, but I made your marry me chicken. Oh, good. Is that what it's called? Yep. Guys. So in relation to this goal and what's been on your mind and heart, you and and to spur I believe some creativity that you thought you were kind of missing. Yes. Tell me if I'm getting this right. You started Bite Me Industries. That's right. Which is on Instagram. It's on, you have a URL, like you have a website of it, a blog. I do. It's currently blank. <laughs> There's it nothing on it. It will be filled soon. It will be filled. Check her out on Instagram yep. at Bite Me Industries. And that's been your outlet to teach. Yep, what, I do. Show I do. people what you're making for dinner, mm-hmm. right? And show yeah. Them. I do one minute tutorials on whatever that thing is that I'm creating. And it really just kind of started with what I'm doing in the kitchen that day for myself or for my family. And then it caught the attention and I was able to do a series for taggies mm-hmm. all last summer for I think 15 weeks, which was super exciting because I just got fresh produce every single week and I couldn't even keep up with all of my ideas. And um, then it kind of caught on and now I do some TV segments on KSL Studio 5. Mm-hmm. And then I also do classes at Orson Gigi. So it's just been really fun because it gives me this creative creative outlet to share and teach people because I think what we started way back in World War II and throughout the 50s we 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 created this modern convenience of easy food that was packaged and then it grew and grew and grew as technology grew as and and we've gotten away from just creating wonderful simple things in our kitchen from produce that is naturally occurring seasonally and when we use produce that is in season it's inevitably better than things off season we call in our house we call tomatoes winter tomatoes and we won't eat winter tomatoes we only eat summer tomatoes because they're so they're not even the same thing right and so i've just been deep diving into farmers i've been going to farms and meeting farmers and touring fields and just really yeah i i just think that we can't forget food and and i was looking at a historian yesterday who's a food preservationist historian who has cataloged foods that we no longer have that we've lost you know simply because we've forgotten they they we've basically made them extinct And um, I, I just think that anything you make at your in your home is going to be most likely better than something you can purchase out. And if it, if if I can facilitate making it simple for people and demystifying it so that people go, yeah, yeah, I think I can do that. I'll try. Mm-hmm. And the more you try, the easier it gets. Mm-hmm. I am so excited about that, and I've loved watching you. And hearing now kind of your purpose behind it, because mm-hmm. I saw you start it and I didn't, we hadn't talked specifically about why, right. but I just love tuning in. And then you posted Marry Me Chicken and I made it and my family was pumped. 
Oh, good. And I learned a lot along the way. It was so good, and it was easy to follow your instructions. Um, and I it definitely boosted my confidence. Cool. Especially when my family was like, hey, could you make that You're already again? a good cook, though. I listen. Thank you. Um, I should just leave it at that. However, I'm going to say... <laughs> I, Don't defame I'm a good, yourself. No, I, I can bake like four things right. really super well. Uh-huh. I'm getting better in the kitchen. Actually, one of my, one of my, uh, I think Tim Ferriss called them. He, he called them like early retirements. Really what it translates to is basically hyper-focused uh, segments of time where you can leave and go do something that you enjoy. That's what I'm calling it. I'm calling it like my hyper-focus mini retirement anyway one of them was going to be to be a better home cook and so what i've been doing Uh is i watch your stuff and then i have two people on youtube that i watch and with what you're saying with making it accessible and easy and and teaching overall concepts it's so much less daunting right and what is exciting to me about it and what you're doing is how that can i think truly I don't know. I haven't explored this idea too much, but for me, that is so important to a home and what I want, what aligns for my core values for my kids. It's been on my mind for the past few years to bring them better food, to teach them Mm -hmm. how to eat balanced and to make sure that they recognize how they feel when they eat good in season. Right. Summer tomatoes, not winter (laughs) tomatoes, but yeah, but I, I love that you're diving into that and like having a love of carrots, dip it into some hummus. Like there's things beyond peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, you know, and I I want to be able to have a catalog that people can just go to. Mm-hmm. And most people have about 10 recipes that they recycle through their whole life. And what if you had a catalog that you could just go to of like, I'm really craving Brussels sprouts. How can I do Brussels sprouts mm-hmm. 10 different ways, you know, mm-hmm. and just I I always I felt like growing up I never had enough fresh veggies mm-hmm. you know and so for me like what if you could go to my blog and just see like you know five million different ways to have a side dish or maybe that's your main meal mm-hmm. so that's my intention I'm so excited about it um and I'm just I'm so impressed you're you're always very dedicated no matter what you do and very consistent like you've been posting regularly on Instagram, I'm sure other places. <laughs> it's kicking my to, butt. <laughs> you're doing, but I mean, that's what she said. She was up to like two, getting three <laughs> recipes ready in one day because you're going to be out of town, right? And you're disciplined enough to so know I that you want to continue yep. to put that content mm-hmm. out there. How did I have no idea about this either? But I mean, you're incredible at anything you do. Honestly, I'm not just saying that. You guys look look, look at the track record, but. How did you learn? Like, did you grow up cooking? Was your family cooking? Did you have to learn um, to cook? Because, you know, my mom was a really, really incredible cook. And she wanted me to learn how to cook. Like, she was being a good mom and saying, come in the kitchen, watch me do this. But I was more interested in being a tomboy. I was more interested in being outdoors. Mm -hmm. And But I did both. And I don't think that I appreciated everything that she taught or how good of an example she was until till I grew up and had a family of my own. And I was like, oh, this is important. Mm-hmm. And um, also just the privilege of traveling a lot around the world and, and having just amazing exposure to amazing food and saying to myself, how do I recreate that experience? What if I can never go back to the streets of Alcobar, which I can't because you have to live there and work there and have a purpose there. You can't just travel and visit their country so like how do you recreate a shawarma like how do you Mm -hmm. you know or some somewhere where I've had just an incredible experience I feel like I'm really really good at recreating things that touched me you know that translates to your cookies so well so so many of your stories talk about how you had this one experience and that made you want to integrate that feeling that smell that taste into your cookies and I can see that with with your cooking on bite me industries I don't know just your love of ingredients and seasonality I think is so important and I think it's going to be more prevalent now with everything that's going on here in 2023 with food sourcing and 
freaking eggs is a whole thing we can get into. But did you have any other formal like training? I have no was formal it, training. It was, it was, in <laughs> so the, I'm all self-taught in the kitchen. It's it. That's incredible. Uh-huh. But I always say, you know, I thought about getting a degree in food science nutrition. I even applied for it at the U recently. And I thought, you know, I study probably two or three hours a day nutrition. I don't need to go get a formal degree. Oh, you <laughs> I, could teach that class now. You could teach that. You could teach those classes now, I think. So. Wow. That's incredible. But I, I have just a an inherent love of learning and I probably will take that to the grave. Mm-hmm. How, so your love of learning and some of these core values are, have come up so many times. And you can see that with how you built Ruby Snap, wanting fresh ingredients, wanting to not have, as you call it, sweet zero, right. um, which for the audience, can you explain what su- your definition of sweet zero is? <laughs> sweet zero is when you go somewhere and it looks really beautiful and very attractive because our appetite starts with our eyes and then it starts with our smell and then we taste it. And then you put that in your mouth and it's sweet, but it tastes like zero, like did it have mango in it? What, you know, what flavor was that? And, and I would just be so disappointed when I would, you know, have, I used to be a really hardcore avid cyclist. And so on my free day, I would go to a bakery and, and think all week long, I've been disciplined. And I took my time, my money, and I ate those calories. And I, I put my trust in that moment and I've always been the chubby athlete. So every edible moment means something to me. Right. <laughs> and it it's has important. to be quality yes. or I'm going to be upset. Yes. And so I would go places and it was just sweet zero. It tastes like nothing. And I thought that's it. I'm I'm making my own recipes cuz I don't I don't have the time to like waste my calories on junky yuck food. Mm-hmm. And that really, really transformed how I looked at food going forward because, you know, I needed to to be a fast cyclist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All the good stuff in, good stuff out, right? Mm -hmm. So that aligns so much with what you're doing now with Bite Me Industries. It aligns with Ruby Snap. How do you, and you mentioned too that you needed to take a break because things were getting a little off balance. How do you deploy that self-awareness regularly to make sure that you are staying aligned with your core values and what you need? Like, what is your actual practice to be like, Hey, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. Is it a feeling that you recognize? Do you have a meditation practice? Is it, uh, you have your core values written somewhere or like stuff that's important to you where you can use it as a compass to gauge. I'm getting a little bit off track. I need Mm -hmm. to take what started as three months (laughs) and turns into two weeks off to recalibrate. How do you actually deploy that? Well, at the beginning of Ruby Snap, I actually did write down five core values that were important to me, and I would check them every once in a while to make sure that I was sticking with my core values. And it's okay to change your values, but I think that I tried to make them strong enough that I knew that I wanted Ruby Snap to to stay with those values. And I also like to make sure that I'm kind of following my own star, so to speak, in terms of like, I don't give in to peer pressure and what the world's doing. If, if there's a trend that's happening, that doesn't mean I have to be a part of the trend. I just have to do what what pleases me. And I figure if I create things that please me, there's a million other me's out there who are going to appreciate it. And have you ever thought like, for me, I'm like, I wish there was like a really high quality drive through sushi, mm-hmm. or, you know, something yes. like a really high quality drive through like rice and grain bowl place and 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 there are things there's huge gaps missing in society that we can fill if we take if we dare to fill them mm-hmm. you know and so that's why I say like you know dare to follow your own star because um there there's probably a want a need a desire Sorry, that was way off track. <laughs> but still but. golden nuggets of deliciousness <laughs> that are going in the book. <laughs> no, it, it, it's absolutely related too because that's what entrepreneurs do is is they'll get bugged by something enough that like they need or want, that they wish there was, that aligns with them and, and what's important to them and their values and they see a gap in yeah. the market and then hopefully people I had, go feel it. 
I had in 2017, 18, a really beautiful opportunity to grow with a, a national brand. And we did, we grew, we grew in 165 stores in five states. And then we grew five more Ruby Snap retail stores. And I realized I was not happy. On the books, I was making a ton more money, but but we weren't really making more money. We were just working harder for spit. How, how did you realize, like, how did you realize you weren't happy? Was it like you just woke up dreading work? Like, what was I, the I lived thing? on an airplane. All I did was travel and work six days a week, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. every night. And I didn't get to be, see my family. And after about five years, I was like, wait a minute. I don't even take care of myself anymore. I, I, I don't even work out. And I just felt like a huge void. And, and it's one of those like gentle paths that you get sucked into. And till you, and then you find yourself like, whoa, wait, this isn't, this isn't who I am. This isn't who I want to be. And um, do I care about the world's opinion of me if I stop? Or do I care about my welfare and happiness? Because when I go to the grave, all I'm going to take with me are is my attitude, right? And my intelligence. I can't take any money. I can't, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm so glad I had all those hardworking days and nights for years on years and years on end and missed my family. You know, I'm never going to say that. Like, so I just had to say, okay, how, what, what will keep me healthy? What will keep me happy? And what the answer was, to pull out of 165 stores and shut down those five stores. And guess what? Instantly, in about a week's time, I was totally happy. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it, it's, it takes courage to do something like that. It takes courage to do the, th- sometimes do the right thing. A significant amount of courage because just like you said, it, you can build something so great that some things just kind of happen Mm -hmm. and it could be, you know, two degrees here or there for referencing the the compass kind of analogy. And then, then you look up one day and you are nowhere near. You're 80 degrees off course. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you said about what you can take with you to the grave, because I think that could be a question that people ask themselves to keep them on courses is if I'm in the ground, and people are speaking at my funeral or I'm in the ground, what's going to make me content? Am I going to be, I can't take other people's opinions on if I close these 165 stores down, these five retail stores, I can't take the opinions if they didn't like it. And it doesn't matter anyway. People's opinions of you are of no concern to you. Like 100%. only your opinion of yourself. <laughs> That's so hard. I'm trying to teach my 10 year old that. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do. It is uh, hard. So I, maybe we can talk about some parenting advice too. But but <laughs> that's something that I think all of us, I mean, when I was deciding to close down Dottie's, one thing that kept coming up for me is, well, what will I do? Like what value will I provide? That's a whole deeper thing. But then like, what will people think? And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm it st- really, I still have to tell really myself that a little bit. It does not matter. Because it's still like a little fresh. It doesn't. And And one thing that's difficult too, and even a little bit more intense is, it's kind of like when when you when you get dressed and you're like, oh my gosh, what, like what, what are people going to think? They're not looking at you. They're not. They're not looking at you. Like, They're worried about you themselves. Can have, <laughs> you can have five hundred thousand followers, and you 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 pivot and do something different. Like people are going to think about it for two seconds, and then you, like. They're not going to think about you. Right. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, but that's the reality of it. Like, I don't want it to be too harsh, but that's something that helps keep me on track right. now is, and, and for a while that's been really hard for me to grapple with because my love language mm-hmm. is words of affirmation. Oh, okay. So, so that's been a whole thing to be like, to, to try to reconcile with that and and because I know like the opinions don't matter but I also like them when they're good so that's been a whole other thing that we could dive into like an entire other podcast but what I love about what you said is is using that to really gauge how you're doing I love that you are able to to be so courageous because that is a hard decision and I love that a week later you were so happy because so many people just follow the the flow mm-hmm. 
and become freaking miserable. And they have, they look up and their kids are grown and they have no one around them that they can probably even really trust to be honest, or like that really cares about them because the time was maybe not invested where maybe they wanted it to, as they look back. Yeah. It goes back to the, are you willing to canker up your soul just for the opinions of others? Or are you willing to have the courage to follow a better journey? Oh, that's been a really big theme that I've been kind of thinking about and working through the last several months. Have you, have you done, uh, this has been on my mind a lot lately on, on values and trying to find like purpose and happiness, which has been kind of a big topic for us today. But have you ever had a coach uh, in business, in life, or mentors? Like, how do you help supplement some of that stuff? Because you are always learning. Um, Yeah, has there been a time when you've brought in, like, people on your team? Um, You know, I have a good management team here at Ruby Snap. I have people that I really trust. I, I try to be really careful the way that I hire and I try to surround myself with a whole clan of mini me's people who think the way that I do. And our, you know, our first question is, are you happy? Cause you, it's really hard to teach happiness, but if people come with their own internal happiness, you can teach them everything else. But I've never personally had a coach or a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, am kind of and that it might be because of my upbringing that I've just been sort of like the rogue warrior where I'm like no this is what I'm doing this is my journey like I'm already set on it you know and I might make mistakes but who cares it's farther than most people are willing to even go like most people are too afraid to start and make a mistake but the mistakes are where the learning comes and I don't even call them mistakes I call them learning opportunities and it's where you know, I, I teach that to the employees. This is not a mistake. It's a learning opportunity because now you know that to never do that thing again, you know, and I, I really try hard to live in a guilt-free zone and I, I pass that on to the employees as well. It's like, you know what? Yeah, that was rough, but let's move on. Let's not hold on to it. Let's keep trucking forward. And, um, so, and I do that with my family as well. My, my husband and I are really good at that with each other to live in a guilt-free zone. Like, yeah, we make mistakes, we get mad, stuff happens, but you know, move on. And I've, I've done that with my children too. Like this is a guilt-free zone. Let's talk about it. Let's keep going forward. But, um, yeah, I guess I've just kind of been that rogue. You've been out, you've been out of the helm. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's because of my upbringing mostly. Yeah, oh, 100%. I and, can see that. And um, maybe it's almost, I, I'm embarrassed to admit this out loud. <laughs> oh, We're getting the tea. Go on. <laughs> but it's almost like therapy, you know? A lot of people need it, but but there's this stigma over the years that if there's therapy, something must be wrong. But at the same time, I'm like, if I get a coach, like a personal coach or a life coach or a business coach, I still know what I need and want better than they do. I got to tell them, I got to tell them everything first. But, um, and I'm like, do they know my industry better than me? No, I know my industry. So I, I don't know. I've just never, it's never crossed my mind Mm -hmm. to get a life or business coach, but I, I, have one that I recommend to people because I think she is like killer. Mm-hmm. It's Lynn Christian. That is who my coach is. That yeah. I got she, recommended for me. Yeah. Because I think I've watched her transform people and help them find their path and their purpose. But I feel maybe because mine's already defined. Mm-hmm. So well, I think too, with, in my experience with a coach, which I love, and I think that anyone who has any strong desire or any type of they need any type of clarity on what their purpose is what they're what they are meant to do mm-hmm. absolutely get a coach i think that with what absolutely. you're telling with what yeah. you're telling me with with how you grew up and were able to realize those things early that were important to you mm-hmm. you have that direction and purpose also one thing that we've talked about a lot and maybe this is something that you agree with or not it's okay either way but I think we've read a lot of the same books. 
Oh yeah, probably. And I think those, uh, one thing I thought about over the last year was, uh, and especially during COVID where you had less access to people. Mm-hmm. And I love the, the saying, I believe it's true. You're, you are the average of the top five people you spend your time with. I thought a lot in COVID like, oh my gosh, well, you can't spend time with people. What, what do you do? Read some freaking books and they become, to me, they can become your top five and you can kind of adopt the the thought processes, the um, just the way of thinking from those people. Do you, I know we've read a few of the same ones. I think Delivering Happiness is one that, yeah, I love that. we've always connected on mm-hmm. by Tony Shea. Do you continue to read a lot of those types of books? Did you did you read a lot in the past? And do you think any of that has to do with kind of like some things that you've adopted for your life, your business, your your home, anything like that? Uh, I did read a lot in the past, and I'm recent. I recently purchased about eight books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time for reading, and I'm not very good at audiobooks because I my mind wanders. <laughs> Um, you're, but, re- you're developing recipes at the same time. Right. And so yeah. You're like, <laughs> and, um, but yes, I have wanted to kind of get back into that realm of reading and just kind of poaching off of other people's thought processes and seeing, you know, their perspective of the world and, and success, et cetera, or habits or, you know, success tips and tricks and things like that. And so, yeah, I just recently purchased a ton of books. <laughs> Can I ask you like the name of one or two? Uh, I need to look it up on my phone, actually. Um, Are they in kind of the... Contagious was one I read recently. Okay. That's a really good book. Have you read it? Not yet. Um, yeah, it's just about companies that develop contagious ideas Okay. that basically you know, become new trends. And I think sometimes those ideas come from solving problems. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a super good book. Mm-hmm. That was one that I read. Um, another one that I enjoyed, I read this a long time ago, was Nike okay. by Phil Knight, just okay. because he talks about like how much struggle he went through mm-hmm. and how many failures he had and just how hard he tried. And he talks about like, you know, hanging by a thread, like, how am I going to keep this going until it worked, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to have that grit to you to make it that far. And, and for example, with Ruby Snap, I didn't take a, a salary or a paycheck for the first five years. And my first paycheck was $700 every two weeks because I put all the money back into Ruby mm-hmm. snap because I started without any debt and without any loans. So I had to save money and spend money to improve the business, save, improve, save, improve. And, um, so do, do you have that kind of grit, you know, to take it that far mm-hmm. and trust that it can work and I just made sure that everybody got paid you know everybody else was getting paid (laughs) you have to but um one thing I love that you had said in in another podcast too that I think aligns with whether you're doing a business or or something just that you are spending your time doing you have mm -hmm. to be passionate about it yeah and you have to uh I mean on the entrepreneurial side and even I mean the creative side you have to be a risk taker be able to uh, take a risk every single day. But if you're not passionate about it, it is very hard to get through the, the really gritty times. And I don't know that. Even if you are do. passionate, it's still going to be hard. Even if you're passionate, you have to have that grit. So my alarm clock says grit up Ooh, instead of get up. Yeah, it says, let's go. It says grit up sunshine, water carrots, mm. because it's reminding me, get out, get sunshine immediately. First thing in your day, water, get that water in your body and carrots like stabilize your blood sugar. Yes. <laughs> so it's grit up sunshine, water, carrots <laughs> every day of my so, life. <laughs> see that to me is a t-shirt. Like you guys, this book, we're going to have t-shirts, grit up sunshine, water, carrots. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to now reference sunshine, water, carrots, like on mini podcasts. You get all the credit. That's the thing now. Grit up. Grit up. Grit up by Tammy. Well, Tammy, I'm so glad that we could have you on today. I hope that we can have so many more. Let's do. Like just, I just love talking to you. 
I love talking to you. Thank you. People can find you at Bite Me Industries on Instagram. The blog will be up at some point. It's up. It's just empty. It will be filled at some point. (laughs) BiteMeIndustries.com. That is correct. Yes. RubySnap is at RubySnap. At RubySnap.com. At RubySnap.com. And then Instagram. Cookies in the whole wide world. In the entire universe. Viviana will always be my jam. You guys check out Viviana and all the other flavors. Mangoes and dark chocolate. I will just say it real quick as we're closing. Viviana is the reason I even know Tammy because I tried it and then I emailed her and begged her, <laughs> begged her to let me sell them at my bakery. And, and I did. Somehow I she you. said yes. And people are sad. And <laughs> I know, I know I get a lot of messages, but um, I'm so grateful for you and I'm grateful that you have just been, I, I don't know why, but just you have mentored me and I just feel very grateful. I feel like our, our souls connected instantly and I'm, uh, I'm grateful to know you. I would agree. Thank you so much, Tammy. And we will have you back again anytime you want. All right. Thank Deal. you.